Today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Crossway, specifically their new ESV Men's Study Bible. I got to be honest with you guys, I have a little bit of a Bible collection problem. I don't know if that can be a real thing, but my wife always tells me, Jared, you have plenty of Bibles you don't need to buy anymore. I just love a good Bible, man. And my favorite Bible has always been the ESV Study Bible. And now Crossway has put out the ESV Men's Study Bible. It was created specifically for men in all seasons of life who are serious about the Word of God to help them go deeper into the Word of God, pursue a deeper transformational understanding of the Scriptures. It includes devotionals, articles from more than 100 acclaimed scholars and pastors. Again, all of this is written specifically for men. They've got 14 articles covering topics like identity, communion with God, leadership, and they have 365 daily devotionals that are going to be tied directly to key biblical text. They also have Bible study materials featuring more than 12,000 theologically rich study notes, comprehensive introductions of each Bible book, 120 character profiles, and 900 key biblical facts. Again, the ESV Bible is my favorite translation, which is why I'm so excited that they've put out the ESV Men's Study Bible. It's going to be really helpful for you as a man of God who wants to lead your family well and study the scriptures. You can pick up a copy of the ESV Men's Study Bible wherever books are sold, or you can visit crossway.org forward slash plus to find out how you can actually get 30% off. Again, get it wherever books are sold or go to crossway.org forward slash plus to find out how you can get 30% off. Let's jump into today's episode. Bob, I'm excited to hang out with you today, man. It's interesting because we're going to talk about money. We'll just say that right out of the gate here. <laughs> just get <laughs> and, it out there. Yeah, just get it out there. And it's funny because most people, when they hear this, like, ah, oh, it just will bring up all kinds of feelings. It'll bring up yeah, uh, so shame. It'll bring up frustration. It'll bring up um, fear. It'll bring up false security. Like it brings up so many emotions. And it's crazy because in the Bible, it's the only thing that Jesus compared himself to was money. He said, you can't worship both me and money. That's the only yeah. thing he ever compared himself to. And so I think it makes sense that when people hear the word money, it would bring up all the same feelings that if you just went up to somebody and said, Hey, religion or Jesus, yeah. you know, it, yeah. that would also bring up all those same feelings. Yeah. So anyway, that was a tangent that I didn't plan on going on, but <laughs> you, one, yeah. you have become kind of a money guy and uh, that's your thing. And so I'd love to hear like, what has been your experience and your journey with this really important and controversial topic. So money guy, yes. But on top of that money guy, specifically kind of talking to Christians about it, which adds a whole nother layer Mm -hmm. of complexity and baggage that people carry. But everything you said is so true. Like we all grow up with money beliefs, whether we have them or not, that are, you know, passed down to us from our parents or from our friends or whatever else. Oftentimes many of us find ourselves married or even if we're not, like we're just dealing with all of this stuff and trying to sort it out. And then someone says money or we lose our job or we get a raise and all of these require decisions on our part. And so what are we going to do? What are we going to do about it and how are we going to handle it? So anyway, so for me, you know, like anyone else, I had all of my baggage I had to work through and God has just really intentionally led me on a journey and just kind of forced me to fight through and work through, wrestle through a lot of things. So like some of the things you mentioned, just security in money, identifying in my either failures or successes when it comes to money, Mm -hmm. um, wrestling with the deceitfulness of riches and wanting to have more to kind of take care of my family, but also having a desire and passion to be able to give and make a big impact and 
you know, and there's just a lot here and there's a lot that God's kind of worked in and through me. And so for the last 15 years, like we've just been sharing, you know, online podcast, Instagram, all the stuff. And now a book, like a lot of what God's done in our hearts. And um, that's why we're here chatting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume with where the platform that you have now, you feel like you got a decent grasp on money, <laughs> on the subject of money, but has that always been the case? Or maybe I'm yeah. making a bad assumption. Well, <laughs> no, I think it's a fair assumption that, you know, hopefully after 15 years that we've moved <laughs> forward, you know, like yeah. anything in life that you work on it for a while. But, but at the same time, you know, I think there is a, it's like one of those areas in your walk with God where, and there's so many areas like this where he always wants us to be dependent on him. Yeah. Like we're never going to get to a point where we arrive and and there, none of these challenges that we need to wrestle with with money just disappear. Like I just don't think that's the case. I think it always requires a dependence on him and an acknowledgement that that he's our source and he's our provider. And mm. as much as I wish I could press a button and just make that go away forever and I never had to think about that again, like I think that's always going to be there. Mm. But now with that it said, like you you mentioned, like we have grown a lot in this and I'm really, really thankful for that because it makes life a whole lot easier when you get this money thing right and when you get it sorted out. You know what I mean? Mm. I think a lot of guys who are listening to this right now, and I think, you know, this is kind of just true of most Americans, most people in general is like, dude, I'm like just barely trying to survive. Like I'm, I'm working my tail off and I'm just living paycheck to paycheck, but I don't really get the tie to how does my paycheck and my bank account tie in with my relationship with Jesus? So even when you say, you know, I'm talking to Christians about money, those two things feel really separate to most people. They're like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really get you know, I get, I need to pray more and I need to read my Bible and be a good husband, father. But like, why are we talking about money and my relationship with Jesus in the same sentence? I, can you like help connect yeah. those two dots? Yeah. No, I mean, it's a valid question. I, and I, you know, I've encountered many people who don't get that connection. But I think when we realize that, you know, we're stewards of, of everything that God's entrusted us with. So our time and how we spend it working, but then also our money that comes into our hands, then we have an opportunity to glorify him in that and with that. And so when that begins to click for you, you begin to see that it's more than just going to work to get a paycheck to pay my bills and to whatever credit or company or whatever, and even provide food for your family. Like, and that's part of the equation. But like we believe in our desires to help Christians really have more than they currently do in order to do the things that God has called them to do. Because mm. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of dads in this situation, Jared, where it's like, I have this dream, I have this desire that God has put on my heart, but I don't have the money, I don't have the resources that I think it's going to take to get there. So it's like, whatever, maybe I want to build a pastoral retreat, or maybe I want to, whatever, just send, uh, you know, sponsor 20 kids or whatever the thing might be. Like, if that dream is on your heart, like there's something here. And so our desire and our goal is to help Christians kind of have more to be able to do those things and to not let our financial challenges and our financial hard spots that we're in limit us in that thing that God's trying to do through us. Now, obviously God can do anything. He can work everything out, but that's always been my desire. How do I get in a position where I can say yes at the drop of a hat to whatever God is asking me to do? Anyway, so I kind of diverted a little bit from your question. So pull me back no, in. No, that's um, okay. Well, and what I was just thinking too is, you know, sometimes it's not as even the huge thing. Like I, a lot of people aren't thinking through like building a retreat for pastors or sponsoring a bunch of kids. It might just be something as simple as like, man, my neighbor's a widow. 
and she's struggling and I'd love to just yeah. like help her out with some groceries this month, but I can't because yeah. I'm like trying to figure out how to get groceries myself. That's a hundred percent it. That is a hundred percent it. Like literally that exact situation. We had a new widow in our community reach out to us like a month and a half ago. She's like, I need some financial advice. My husband, age 35, just up and died mm. instantly, oh, left her with two or three little kids. And so my wife, Lynn, and I jumped on the phone with her, started talking to her. But after we got off the phone, we we're like, okay, we have a seed account set up specifically for giving money to situations like this. The money's sitting right there. We can now tap into that and give money to help this situation. And when we first got married, we didn't have that. Like I would yeah. have been in the situation. It's like, I, maybe I can scrape together $5 to help her. And I'm just so thankful that we've gone on this journey and wrestled through some of these hard things and done some of the hard work to now be in a position to be able to do that. And that's what we want to help people do. And that's why I want to see that all throughout the body of Christ, because there's so many needs. We all know this. They're all around. And so how can we get in a position to be able to quickly make impact in all those situations? When I was little, I, I, I've had to be around, I had to be younger than 10 years old. And I was walking into a store. I was with my aunt and we were shopping for clothes or she was shopping for clothes. I should say I wasn't into <laughs> <laughs> shopping, but as we were walking in the store, there was a homeless guy laying in front of the store. He was sleeping and she pulled out a $20 bill and she handed it to me and she said, Jared, go wake him up and hand him this. And I was like, terrified. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> this sounds scary. And, but she made me do it. She's like, no, go hand him this money, go wake him and do it. So I woke him up out of a sleep, a dead sleep. And I just handed him the $20 bill. I said, here, man, we'd like to give you this. And he had tons of joy and obviously was really grateful yeah. for that. But that was the first time I connected in as much as I could as a, you know, as a young boy, that money could be used for kingdom purposes. That, so the groceries for the widow is one thing. It's a nice gesture, but it, bigger than a nice gesture, it's being used as a door being opened into somebody's life where relationship happens and now gospel conversations can happen and eventually salvation can happen and all the things that will come, the beautiful things that will come of that. And money is simply a tool. And I, I recognize that kind of early, but again, most people, like I'm, as, even as I'm hearing your story and, and you talk about us scraping by $5, you know, most people feel yeah. that like, I want to be a blessing, but that just feels so far away. So it doesn't even feel like I can't even really dream about that because I'm just trying to survive right now. Tell me your story. How did you get from scraping by to get $5 to bless somebody to now you have a what you call a seed account that is setting aside that you're ready to quickly bless somebody when yeah. it comes up? Well, it's it's been a long journey. It hasn't been overnight. And, and that's the thing. And I think that's one of the... And there's a lot of similarities between the weight loss or getting healthy mm -hmm. and getting your money. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of similarities between these yeah. two things. And they're, they both require hard work and they require time. But one of the things I'm always encouraging people to do, because while it is a long road and it, and it was a fairly wrong, long road for us, but one of the things I think we tapped into that I think a lot of Christians miss, that we have this opportunity to walk through this thing with God. And I think God actually really wants to see us financially free. Like, I don't think he sent Jesus to come liberate us so that we would be in financial bondage. Like, mm -hmm. I think he just really gets a kick out of seeing all of us free financially. And so, like, we've just noticed this in our life. We notice this with our readers and our listeners that we've talked to over and over and over again, that when you step out into this journey of moving forward financially, if that's paying off debt, if that's whatever, trying to get better paying situation, whatever the thing might be, 
when you step out into this, doing the natural things that you can do, following sound wisdom, but then also inviting God into the situation to do the supernatural, like that's when really cool things happen. And, you know, and so while we've done some of the common sense, wise things with money, and that played a part, like if I'm just completely honest with you, looking at our situation, so much of what's happened has been kind of miracles that God has done, where he's amplified our actions and our efforts by just putting his hand on it and doing it. And a lot of times those things followed an act of obedience on our part. Sometimes this was, so one example here was when we were paying off our debt and working really hard on this, like we sensed the Lord encouraging us to give more, to increase our giving while we're paying off debt. And I talk to people all the time, it's like, well, should I stop giving so I can pay off my debt? And we felt like God was like asking us to do the opposite. And it increase our giving. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Yeah. But we ended up paying off the debt like two or three years faster than my plan because we did that and because we obeyed him in that thing. Now, that may not always be the answer for anybody, but but in our situation, we felt like the Lord was leading us to do that, and we obeyed, and then he came through and did a really cool miracle. And we, we've seen that over and over again, Jared. That's incredible. And, and just to, you know, sometimes guys size other guys up. They're like, you know, does this guy really know what he's talking about? <laughs> I feel that every time I teach, I'm just like, yeah, does this guy really know what he's talking about? But just to like put some skin on the in on the bones here for, mm-hmm. for our listeners. I don't know if you'd, you'd say this about yourself, you know, you wouldn't want to pat yourself on the back, but from what I understand, you've given away over a million dollars before you hit the age 40. Is that true? That is true. That was <laughs> a really significant goal it really just a really significant milestone for us. And it's just a number. It says an arbitrary number. But for us, like, you know, giving's always been a big part of what's on our heart and our big motivator. And so we decided if this is important to us, if this is how we're determining financial success, rather than what the world says of just accumulate as much as you can, as many Gucci bags and yachts and whatever. And it's like nothing wrong with nice stuff. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, if we're measuring our financial success by how much we give, hmm. then then yeah, it makes sense to track it and to see how we're doing. And so that's what we've what we've done for years. And certainly, so that was a really fun milestone because again, like I'm telling you, where I come from, Jared, like, you know, you can look at my past career. Like this doesn't happen to people like me. And yeah. so it's not because- What was your um, past I'm career? Because so I think that's helpful to, yeah. for guys to like, most guys will hear them be like, oh, you must be born into money. You've probably yeah. had, you've made millions, millions, millions. So you can give away a million. Like what? Tell us, yeah. give us some. So yeah, I'll give you some yeah. of the backstory. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I came from a blue collar family, very much middle class, maybe lower middle class, depending on how mm. you define it. And so, and I found myself like stuck in a dead end job in a dead end career for probably five, six years at the beginning of my career where working in jobs, I'm just not any good at working really hard. I've always been a really hard worker, but a lot of people know, like you can be in a job and work really, really hard, but if you're not gifted for it, if it's not the right thing for you, like you're still going to struggle. Like you just, it's not hard work. It's not always the answer, but that's a tangent. But anyway, so like I found myself in a position after working at this company, you know, in this dead end job, making about 34, $35,000 a year at that point. And this is when I'm like crying out to God, like, how do I get out of this mess? And so it was just fascinating to see how he took us from that situation to, yeah, over the course of the next 10 years or so, being able to give away a total of a million dollars. And it's absolutely all God. It's like we had a part to play. We did what he asked us to do, which again, I think is always the key that so many people miss. Like that little act of obedience, it seems like it's not going to amount to anything. 
you know, and one of those things for me in particular was starting a blog. So in 2007, that job that I was so really longing to get out of, he kind of like kicked me out of the boat and I got laid off from that position. Hmm. And then he's like, I don't want you to look for another job. I want you to become a full-time blogger. And I'm like, hmm. what? <laughs> Since 2008, no one even knows what a blog is. And I don't yeah. think anyone's making money from a blog. And um, anyway, so he just pushed me out on this journey. And I'm like, there's no way this is ever going to work. We're never going to be able to pay the bills. We're never going to blah, 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 all this stuff. Like in my mind, I could not see how it could ever work out. Hmm. And it seemed like a terrible idea. But we really knew that that's where God was leading us. And, and so Lynn and I went after it. And I'm telling you what, like it was less than nine months later, Jared, we we're making more from that blog than our day job. Like it just wow. made no sense. Some people are going to want to know, there are going to be a lot of guys who just want to like, you know, this isn't really like necessarily spiritual leadership stuff, helping me be a better dad or disciple. But how did you yeah. do that? Like somebody's like, how do you make money off of a blog? Yeah. I mean, it's just a long time ago. I mean, things yeah. are different in a lot of <laughs> yeah. ways. It's 2008. But at that point, like we had, I mean, it's all about getting traffic and having a number of people and just like give a podcast, tons of listeners, you can get advertisers. It was a real similar concept and idea. But in terms of how we did it, like it like I did stuff, but God just kind of made it happen. You know, I mean, with your podcast, mm -hmm. it's like you get certain people to say something, all of a sudden you got a whole bunch of new subscribers or new followers on Instagram. And it kind of worked that same way with the blog where stuff just happened where it's like, that wasn't because I was so good. That wasn't because of my connections. Like God mm -hmm. just kind of opened up a door and that helped a lot here and brought in some more revenue. And this brought in a whole bunch of new subscribers. And, and so just one thing after another where we just kind of sat in awe, like, wow, God is at work. What would you say to the guy? Because there are a lot of guys who are probably feeling that, like I'm in that job, I'm working super hard. I've kind of hit my ceiling financially. I'm unhappy at this job, but I need it because I, you know, I got to pay the bills. What would you say to that guy? Yeah, a couple of different things. So I think the first one is, yeah, that five year period for me lasted what felt like an eternity. That entire time, I felt like I was praying, and I got to the point where I felt like there's no way out. Yeah, God could do a miracle, but there's just no way out. Like I felt so trapped. I felt. Yeah, I honestly just I lost faith that mm. God could do anything, which mm. is, which is such a bummer. And and I don't know, maybe there was a mustard seed hanging around in there, like because <laughs> something ended up sprouting out of it. But but it was really really hard. And I'm saying that to say that I can sympathize with someone in that situation because it, yeah, like for me being a fairly driven guy who is a hard worker, it's just really hard going through that. And so yeah. my encouragement is, it's okay that you're in that. It's okay that it takes some time but don't give up on God. Don't let it be trite that I'm saying this, but he can do it. He can change your situation. It very well might look different a year from now or five years from now. So like, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. So that's the first part of the equation. The second part, I would say on a very practical level, and this you know applies to anyone who's in a situation where things are kind of tight. There are a lot of practical things that you can do that you might not even be thinking about that can help change this situation. There's just a lot of things that most of us, most Americans, just standard American salary can do to shave off, carve a couple hundred dollars a month out, which suddenly changes the game. You know, like mm. th that for a lot of people can be a big difference just in terms of giving, in terms of feeling just a little more comfortable, in terms of whatever. Give us a practical. You, you, what, what would be some of the practical things so that they this, do? This is one that like is such a big one right now that I, I literally... You know, and I'm talking about this all stuff all the time, Jared. And I literally just did this the other day. I'm like, what in the heck happened? So I went on Apple because we use Apple TV and mm -hmm. we also use Amazon um, Fire Stick sometimes for TV. And I went on Apple and just 
I was going to cancel one of my subscriptions and I went in there and there were four active subscriptions for shows and software that I'm like, I'm not even using this. I don't even know, mm. you know, I subscribed to this like six months ago and I didn't realize blah, 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 blah. So just right there, that was like 30 or 40 bucks. And then it was the same thing on Amazon. Like uh, just going through all these subscriptions ended up carving out like hundred dollars. And there's so many people who have so much of this going on and don't even know about it. Mm. You know, there's another company called Bill Cutters that I talk about a lot of times where they literally go and negotiate all of your bills for you. You have your cell phone bill, you have your whatever, your electric bill, whatever, all these different bills. You send them your bills, they negotiate them for you. They don't get paid unless they reduce them and get you a lower rate. And then you pay them 50% of the difference. But it's like completely free. It's a free service. And so there's just a lot of knobs that I think most people don't realize that they can turn to start freeing up a little bit of cash. So then you can start giving some more or whatever. Or if you're just really, really tight, whatever the thing might be. But that's what... Yeah, we just are living in an era where there's a lot of opportunity. Dude, bill cutters, that's worth the uh, the price of admission right there. That sounds yeah. insane. So they take whatever they save you, they'll take 50% of the savings. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's for One the time first or a year. month? Oh, for a year. Um, so I think it's for the first year. So for example, if they save you $100 on whatever your cable bill or something like that, then I think they take 50% for the first year. And they might have changed this. It's been a while since I've yeah. done it. And then after that, you know, you're free and clear on it. Wow. I think a big part of the reason we don't talk about money a lot as Christians is because it, the motivation is different as followers of Jesus. So like my friends who don't love Jesus, they're just like, dude, of course I'm hustling to make as much money as I can. Cause I want to buy as much yep. crap as I can before I die, you know, <laughs> and then go on as many vacations as I can. And so for us as believers, we're like, uh, I mean, am I even allowed to like want to make more money or like yep. be more financially wise? Cause we're not supposed to love the things of this world. So maybe yep. I'm just supposed to be poor, but like, so what is like the motivation? I think that's really the heart behind all of this. What's the motivation yeah. for us as believers when it comes to being good with money and wanting more money or getting out of debt and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I do think that's what makes it particularly more challenging for us as Christians because, uh, like you said, I mean, in the Christian circle, there's these two extremes that you see very, very often. It's like, God wants you to be completely rich. And if you're not, then you're not righteous. Or God wants you to be completely poor. And if you're not, you're not righteous. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So we all see these extremes. We know this. But anyway, I just think it's, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So this John Wesley quote, this was Mm. ended up serving as the kind of inspiration for this book and really our lives in terms of motivation with this. So anybody doesn't know John Wesley, preacher from a couple hundred years ago, what's really interesting about him In England, he was actually one of the wealthiest people in all of England in Mm. terms of salary while he was preaching, which is crazy. This is a preacher who was one of the wealthiest in all of England at the time. Now, his motivation for this was revealed with this quote that I love so much, and I'll give you the modern version, not the old English version, which is essentially, make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. And Mm. he would describe the saving component as reducing expenses, kind of like we're talking about. It's not just saving up in a a savings account as much as you can, but reducing your expenses. And you would go on to explain, I earn as much as I can by writing and preaching, and then I reduce my expenses and live on as little as I can to free up, both those things to free up as much money as I can so that I can give as much as I can. And his argument would be that this is, by doing that, we're thinking eternally, we're thinking beyond the here and now, we're having the ultimate long-term perspective, but then also generosity and giving is one of the best ways to prevent and ward off the deceitfulness of riches. Mm. And so that whole kind of formula, like ultimately became our formula and the thing that we followed. We had one little piece to the end of it, which is to enjoy it all. 
because I think John didn't enjoy enough based on my reading of him. I think that we can't enjoy all these things, you know, because again, I've worked in jobs I've absolutely hated. I think there's a way to enjoy it. And I think there's a way to be smarter with our spending and reduce our expenses in a way that's actually fun and not miserable. And then at the same time, like giving, like I hated giving for such a long time. And now it's become one of the greatest joys in our life. And so there's a way to do all of this stuff and enjoy it. Yeah. And so that's been our motivation behind it all. Yeah. And there's something, again, I know just for the listener who's like, why are we talking about money and Jesus and the same? I I just think that they're deeply connected. And I do think that there's a reason that Jesus compared himself to both. That's so good. And it's just, man, when you are free from debt, I, you know, just starting there, like I just, I get out of the bondage of debt, of owing people money. There is freedom in that. And then, and then to think as I'm, out of debt, or as I'm getting out of debt, I'm also giving. All of that is impacting your spiritual life. And if you don't believe that, man, you're probably just avoiding that spiritual reality. It's the same as somebody saying, well, this food doesn't really affect me, right? I can eat this and it's, I'll have a few more slices of pizza, which by the way, that's what I'm having for lunch. So I'm not judging too hard, but you know, (laughs) you know, but, and then we convince ourselves, right? Like I can just have a little bit more. I can just have a little bit more. And it, you do that over time and it affects the way your body looks and feels and operates. And the same is true for money, man. We just, we don't really want to do a deep dive of like, oh crud, I am spending that extra 20 bucks here on Amazon prime or whatever the thing is, or the video. But if we're honest with ourselves and we just say, okay, all of life is spiritual, not just some of life, but all of life is spiritual. God doesn't just want part of my life and he's okay with how I spend my money. God wants all of it. Like God is interested. I'm talking to the listener now directly. Like God is interested in you and how you spend your money. He is interested in that because it has a a direct impact on your relationship with him. And so when we evaluate all of our life, money has to be part of that. And we're just figuring out, I want to be the best disciple I can possibly be. I want to be freed up so that I can use my time, my my energy, my body, my money, everything I've got to expand the kingdom of God. Um, that's what it looks like to be a man of God. So yeah. know, I got a little bit on a on a soapbox. There. No, and that's so good. Like I I remember when I first started on this journey of realizing exactly what you're talking about. That oh man, maybe God wants to know and like be part of this money thing with me. And one of my first ahas was, you know, we had all this credit card debt that we were paying. And I realized I got all these credit cards and our money is so tight right now. But if I just made them go away, then we suddenly have whatever, three or $400 of extra money each month that I could put in the seed account or give to this organization that I want over here or this evangelistic thing, whatever. I could use that money to instantly advance kingdom causes Mm. and it wouldn't affect my lifestyle at all because it's money mm. that I was given to a credit card company, which I don't yeah. care about. Yeah. So I could instantly just take that, pay that thing off, move that extra money over here at something I do care about that has eternal significance. And like, once I had that aha, it's like, whoa, all right, maybe we need to start working on this. I love that motivation because a lot of guys are thinking, oh, I got 300 extra bucks, I can buy a boat. Yeah, which isn't terrible. But, I've got 300 extra bucks. How can I expand the kingdom of God? Which you can expand the kingdom of God. I think let's have too. a healthy yeah. balance. Yeah, you know, yeah. I get a bring, boat. Bring sometime, but, the boat, you know. talk about Jesus, yeah. hear about yeah. their marriage, all that stuff. You know, one of the heartbreaking things for me, man, is when I hear all the statistics of how much money is impacting the divorce rate and how mm-hmm. many couples are calling it quits over money. 
Yeah. And I get it. I totally get it. And it makes sense. Again, going back full circle, what we keep talking about is if it has the same power, Jesus was saying like, it's either me or money. When God is making big comparisons to him or money, I get it. It's a big deal. But dude, when you think like a hundred years from now, all of us are going to be dead. All your stuff is going to be sold at an estate sale. You're going to end your marriage, your family over it. It's just heartbreaking to me. Yeah. And I'd love to hear your advice for couples who feel like, here's where probably most couples are at. You got one spender and you got one saver, generally speaking. Somebody's like, who cares? Let's just do it. And the other person who's getting frustrated because like, we need to be way more financially wise here. And it's causing a lot of marital friction. I'm sure you hear that and deal with that, see that a lot. What are your thoughts on that or advice for that? Yeah, I think the first thing is, well, I'll speak mostly from experience because yeah, I'm married to a spender. I tend to be a bit more of the saver. Okay. And I think one of the most important things is is to realize that you're not completely right. Huh. <laughs> and so for me, I'm a math guy and I look at the math. I'm like, Linda, this is right. This is right. This is what we're going to do. This is right. <laughs> But that's wrong because we're a team and Mm. God created her with intentionality. Like she's not wrong because she's a spender. Now, that doesn't mean that she might have have aspects that she needs to grow and improve in, but God created her with intentionality the way that he did. And then he designed us to be together and he put us together. So that doesn't mean that I'm just right and that she's wrong. So the best thing that I can do is to find a way for us to find this common ground and to, uh, and to realize and accept and understand her strengths in this equation and also acknowledge my weaknesses and my, my shortcomings with all this. Because what I have found over the years is that she brings a lot of balance. She brings a lot of joy to our spending and to our life. And without that, I would tend towards just saving a lot more up for the future. And honestly, I would tend towards trusting in our money a little bit too much, tend towards trusting in our nest egg, our retirement savings or whatever. And she is just much better at trusting in God as a provider. And so there's just a lot that has been good for both of us as we continue to kind of humble ourselves and just talk about things and find the common ground rather than me just saying, I'm right. I did the math. These are the numbers. This is what we should do. Which is, I think, easy for people like me who are, I, I'm the one who leads the money in our house and I'm also the math guy and um, whatever, all these different things. And so it's easy to do that if you're in that situation. And so that's like my first like big thing that I think can really help a lot of people. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because I think that from kind of an objective perspective, the savers sometimes can fall into the trap of my security is going to be found here. And if we can just yeah. get enough, if we could just get enough. I think enough, a lot of times. Yeah, we just yeah. keep building that up. Now I'm, I feel secure. It's always around the next bend. We just need a little bit more in there. We need yeah. a little bit more in there. There's never, when do you feel like it's enough to feel secure? And that's, I think, a tool of the enemy. You're, man, if you could just get a big enough bank account, we all buy into that lie. We could just get a big enough bank account. My problems will go away. I'll feel a little bit more secure. That is not hope in Jesus. But on the other side, and the, for the spenders, oftentimes, and I would say I'm probably more of the spender in our relationship than Layla is, we don't use wisdom and we're not thinking through like, okay, well, how can we use our money as a tool? And so again, I love what you said. God has, before the foundations of the world, decided to bring you two together for his glory. And so what does it look like? I think one of the most helpful things a couple could do is just to sit down and say, what do we actually want to accomplish with our money for the glory of God? And uh, whether you're a spender or a saver, if you can agree on that goal, 
then I think you can find some compromises. But the goal has to be the same. What can we do with our money to see the kingdom of God advanced? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think even beyond that, and I think it's okay to like talk about these real visions and dreams that you each have. And that's something that helped me so much get Linda on board with everything was asking her, what do you want? Where do you want to be in five years? Like, what are the things that are important to you? Like, do you want a vacation every year? Or do you not? Do you not care about that? Would you rather just have a purse? Like, what are the things that are important to you? And by getting her invested in that, like having that conversation together, me understanding that, and then me being the one who can kind of help build the plan to get there mm. and help her understand that, all right, some of the sacrifices we're going to make to try to pay off our debt and reduce our spending, like it's going to take some work, but we're trying to get to where you want to be. Mm. And the reason I'm adding this in, Jared, is because, again, like you mentioned, not everybody's really at the point where they're interested in let's figure out how we can use our money to glorify God. Like, yeah. because it's a journey and yeah. it's okay. It's okay that everyone's on a journey. Like it takes time. So it's okay that that's a journey. But I think the important thing is communicate with your spouse and figure out what those things are um, that you each want and start moving in that direction. I love that because one of the coolest things about that is recognizing your giftings. And if, man, if we saw, if more marriages saw each other as they have different giftings than I do, and how can we sit together and identify, okay, here's where you're strong and here's where I'm not. And here's how you can practically implement your strength into our marriage. Man, I just think a lot of marriages would be healthier and stronger if we did that, if we really saw the differences, not as annoyances, which often leads to bitterness, but instead saw them as strengths. The last thing I'd say here too, is for everyone listening, if you feel like, I don't even know how I can, this feels like, you know, intangible, I would just say budget $5 a month to randomly give away $5 a month and just see how it feels just as a couple, as a family, get your kids involved and just say, okay, we've got five bucks this month. Let's pray. God, would you give us clarity on how we can bless somebody with this $5 and pray together as a family, think through it as a family. And then you'll have the eyes of a missionary as you're going throughout your daily life. Maybe it's buying the person behind you in the fast food line or the Starbucks line, a cup or coffee, or you're the widow down the street, something, a nice you know, bouquet of, or a little bouquet of flowers, whatever it is. I don't know. $5 wouldn't get you that big of a bouquet of flowers, but maybe a couple <laughs> at, a, at a grocery store. But just as a family, just see, how did that feel? Did that get us closer to Jesus? Did that feel more like the kingdom when we did that? Did that feel like a little glimpse of heaven here on earth? And then just uh, if you feel like it, uh, made you a better disciple, got you a little closer to Jesus. See if you can up that budget or what you can cut out yeah. to up that budget. But, Love that. Man, you got a lot of wisdom on this topic. And what's cool is you got a lot of cool resources. So I know you got podcasts and you've got social media channels and you got a brand new book out called Simple Money, Rich Life, which was such a good title, man. I love that title. We're going to ask everyone to go pick up a copy of that book, subscribe to the podcast, get involved with everything. If you feel like I need some help when it comes to money management, definitely check out everything Bob's got going on because it's a lot of good stuff. I'll give you the final word, man. Any last words or encouragement to our listeners? Yeah. I think you know everything we touched on, when we get to heaven, we're going to look back at this tiny little sliver of time that we had on earth. Mm. And I want to get to heaven and know that I used all of the money, the resources that God entrusted me with um, well. You know what I mean? And some of that means taking my kid out to buy them ice cream. But sometimes that means, like you're talking about, having money, intentionally working to pay off that credit card so that I have money so that I can help that widow. And it's really, really important when we see this from an eternal perspective, like to take advantage of those opportunities while we still have them. 
And so that's just my encouragement to start small and just start working at it. That's a good encouragement, man. Layla, my wife, she worked a long time in the oncology world, walking people into some of the hardest months and years of days of their life. And never, she never told me a single story of anyone on their deathbed who wished they would have had more money. That was never the thing. It was always like, man, we should have given more. We should have spent more time with these people. And I love the eternal perspective essentially is what I'm trying to say. So thanks, man. Really fun conversation. I appreciate all that you're doing to advance the kingdom. And uh, I'm excited for this to help a lot of guys. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Hey guys, hope that episode was helpful for you on your journey of becoming more like Jesus and leading your family well. As a reminder, the Dad Tired Podcast is supported by you, the listener. So even if you chip in five bucks to help us, it really does go a long way. We are a nonprofit. All your donations are tax deductible. You can give by going to dadtired.com forward slash give. Again, that's dadtired.com forward slash give. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you.